Thanks, John. Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? Let me turn this tracker on. I don't have all the answers, uh, and John didn't either, and Ray didn't. John actually told me, well, ask God when you get in heaven, because he, <laughs> he didn't have all the answers. <laughs> the Bible has the answers. Um, it does. It does. And the Lord has the answers, if, if we're willing to search them out. Um, and, you know, what John was saying about nuggets, I got saved because of a nugget. There's a nugget. Somebody said, there's purpose in you. And that's, that's what started it all. It, do I have purpose? Really? Where can I find that purpose? And then I got, I got home and I, somebody gave me this book by Rick Warren. This is the pur- purpose-driven life. It was a nugget. It, that nugget was a question of what my purpose was. And so I hope you get some nuggets today. And I, I hope you... Whenever you sit down to listen to anything, that your ears are attentive, that you're on the edge of your seats, you know, that you're really searching for something. Um, if not, just turn off, put your phone on, play some games. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, wow. The presence is here today, and it's not the smoke in the room, but it, it may have an impact on you. Um, Let's just pray, and, I, and, I, and I'll start. Father, we thank you that you're here today. Your presence is rich. It's full. It's filling the house. And your people are hungry. They're hungry. They're hungry. They're like hungry, hungry. And you are faithful, God, to fill them up today. Fill us all up today with your presence, Lord. We're only transformed by that one thing, by your presence and the knowledge of you, and we thank you that you're going to bless us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to use something here that um, David might find very uh, interesting. It's called an iPad, uh, and I don't normally hold devices like this or buy this company, <laughs> so be proud of me today. Uh, a few weeks ago, John Stanton shared a dream, a prophetic dream he had about this place, these seats being filled with souls that were hungry. And they were in search of something. They're really in search of identity and God's presence and freedom, all those things I found when I, when I searched. And for us, that's, it's a picture of revival. This church, this body, this family, we are in the pursuit of revival. For not only ourselves, but for the communities that we live in, because we, we can't be isolated from them. So as we consider revival today, I want you to bring, I want to bring to mind that uh, Jesus talked about a group of people, some people that did miracles, signs and wonders, and preached about Jesus. But at the end, he said, I did not know them. I did not know you. That's kind of a scary thought when I, uh, when I read that. It's true. You can love ministry but miss Jesus. You can come to church. You can serve in church and miss God. That's a, uh, oof. So 
revival, it's my belief that revival gets us back to the true, the real reason for ministry, the real reason for service, and that's a relationship with God the Father. So in this pursuit of revival, I want to touch on three things. To know your identity, to know our society and the, the church's role, and to go deeper spiritually. There's a, a Japanese proverb that goes something like this. Vision without action is daydreaming. Action without vision is a nightmare. How many of us dream first and then act? Many of us are quick to just act. I, I don't know, like me, I just want to fix things. Let's just fix things. Okay, does it line up with the vision? God, what's your vision for this community? What should I be doing? What action should I be taking? So my goal today is to lift your vision towards your high calling, because each of you have one. And it, it's, it's about your purpose, your relationship with God. And it's towards a pursuit of revival for our community. Because they need hope. They need some real hope. And like John said, there's, there's folks that are hungry. And I was hungry. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I, I took the hour on Sunday night to drive all the way to McKinney. And it was far, right, honey? It was far. To get answers. The pizza was from Papa John's. It was, it was pizza, right? There was salad and mushrooms. But there was truth. And I, I thank you all for opening your home and providing truth for me. And, until David shook the tree and it was over. Inside joke. Revival requires individual engagement from you and I. We as people have to engage to get this done. For faith to be released, it takes effort on our part. So it starts with you, and I'll, and I'll start right here. Pastor Ray's been talking about uh, adoption, the spirit of adoption, sonship from Galatians 3 and 4, from Romans 8. When we accepted Jesus by faith, we were adopted into the family of God. You were appointed right then and there. You've got a job to do. It said when you were under the law, it was your tutor. It was building you up. But then when you got saved by faith, now you got a job to do. Some of y'all think, well, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Well, you are. Well, you are. When we came, Pastor Ray put us to work right away. <laughs> and it was a good thing. And part of it, part of it was I, I like to volunteer to do things. So we served greeting people. It's a great way to just see people, meet people, put a face to the name not be in the shadows, and then we volunteer, or I volunteered to teach some kids, and then Megan actually taught them. Sorry, sorry, honey. But we, we got engaged. It takes engagement for people to be, for their lives to be impacted. Not just your own life, but for others. You're appointed for something. Discover what that purpose is, and you can't do it introvertedly got to get out there. Put yourself out there. Do you know why we're appointed? We're the only species on earth that can change and improve the lives of all the other species. 
don't worry about saving the whales because they're not going to change the world. Now, I, I, I say that in jest because a lot of people have a heart for saving animals and whales and, and the environment and all that. They're all good things. But those things alone can't change the world. You do. You as people, as God's people, with his Holy Spirit, we change the world. We spend a lot more saving whales than saving people. I don't mean to step on all these toes. I'm sorry. I'm, I'll be gentle. I'll try and be gentle. Remember that you're part of a body. 1 Corinthians 12. And every member is critical to that body. Don't be fooled. The enemy will fool you into thinking that you don't have anything to offer. You're probably sitting there now thinking, well, I don't, I don't have anything to do. But like what, what, what John was saying, red, green, well, if you're not handsome, you're handy. You can do something. We're all gifted with something. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of us has received a gift. And we exercise them in the variety of grace, which means that all of us don't share the same gift. And when we put that variety together, it's God's grace towards the world. Why are you withholding your gift? Your self-doubt is preventing you from blessing this body and the world. Another thing, as a, as a member of this body, we shouldn't strive for conformity, for likeness, for sameness. We should strive for diversity. Some people, they come into a church and they look around and say, well, there's nobody like me. My same age, my same race, financial status, my same marital status, my same Facebook status. There's, nobody's going to be just like you, and that's fine. It'd be quite dangerous, actually, if we were in a body that was all alike. We need some more Asian people in here. Not because they can dance. <laughs> the church is a melting pot of people, like America. We're a melting pot of people with different parts. When we work together, the body is called whole. And when we're whole, we experience that fullness that God has for this, this body and this community. So, if you can, put that verse up there in 1 Corinthians uh, twelve twenty three. I want to talk about those of you that feel weaker, less honorable, unpresentable, like Paul says. I tell you that the rest of the body has a mandate to show you honor. We have a mandate to prefer you. This is God's de design for the body, that there's unity. If we don't demonstrate unity here, we're not going to demonstrate it out there to the world. So, I'll say prophetically, there will be no division in this body. Because those who are presentable are going to cover those who are not. So those of you who think you're presentable, you've got some work to do. Do you know what honor is? Honor is the accurate recognition of somebody's worth. Without 
regard to their position or their deeds? Why are you looking at somebody else's works? Honor them. Not just in this body. I'm talking outside of here too because I'm on Facebook with some of y'all and I see what y'all are saying about politicians, the president. Honor them. All right, let's talk about society and the church's role in society. If you've matured at all in your Christian walk, you should have a concern for the state of society and for the state of the church. You can't be a mature Christian and not care about the body or not care about the world. Uh, Let's read Isaiah 43. 6 to 7 in verse 10. I'm still learning this iPad thing, so I'm going to flip over. Um, Isaiah 43. And I'm reading this from the Message Bible because it's colorful. It says, I'll send orders to the north and south. Send them back. Return my sons from distant lands, my daughters from faraway places, I want them back, every last one of them. Every last one that bears my name, every man, woman, and child for whom I created my glory. Yes, I personally formed and made each one. That's the purpose of revival, is to make people aware of this truth, that God formed them uniquely and they have a purpose and he's calling them back he's using you to call them back bring them back he wants them all back there was a man very influential in the charismatic movement uh, about 60 years ago 70 years ago dr martin lloyd jones and he said the problem with the world is not a superficial one it's a radical one And what I take from that is the world doesn't need more rules, more regulations, more constraints, or more religious people. Religion is a commodity. It's something you market, you repackage, and people eat it up until they're tired of it and they move on to something else. The world's moved on. The world really needs, what it really needs is a renewed you. They need a new you. Someone that is so radically in love with God and living with a genuine care for people that it makes them ashamed not to serve God. Are we there? You know, before I came up here to speak, the Lord said, this is you, buddy. You got to do this too. So I'm, I'm taking this too. I believe the church, the state of the church in America is improving. I'm not a doomsday guy. It's improving. We're seeing revival all across this country. People doing signs and wonders and the miraculous. But those are means to an end. Ultimately, he wants a relationship with you. Our influence in society is increasing. 
You see it in, in arts, in sports. But there are a couple areas where walls still need to come down. This, w- this one might, might be tough. Uh, I believe the church has demonized some of these areas. Public school. The government. Media. And any other organization that has values that disagree with our own. Instead of demonizing them, why don't we get involved? Why don't we be part of the solution? There's, there's too much fear in that way of thinking. And, and honestly, it repels people. It doesn't draw them in. So let's stop blaming the world for issues. Let's stop blaming the gener- the, the, this generation. Oh, it's just the way it is. Or kids are just, oh, that's just the way they are. No, let's stop blaming them. That's, you know what that is? It's an excuse for our own inaction. It's not the day and age that's corrupted. It's the incorruptible in us that is not being let out. It's not being put to use. There's something incorruptible in you. The seed of the Father is in you. So let's be part of the solution. Let's go beyond your home, beyond your church, beyond your job. I believe also in revival, God releases dreams and visions and passions and and ideas, ordinary and extraordinary, to empower you to do what we're talking about, to empower you to get out there and make change and make an influence on society. So I'll just speak prophetically right now. God is releasing dreams and visions, passions and ideas, creative thoughts and ways for you to bless what is important to your heart in this community. We're varied in what we, we have interests in. We're varied in that. And so your heart might be in business. Your heart might be in arts or in sports. So God, release passions, ideas, and ways for you as individuals to make a difference in this community. And thirdly, the pursuit of revival requires us to go deeper spiritually, individually. In Luke chapter 9 and 10, Jesus sends out his disciples two by two. And they came back and they were excited. They were full of joy. It says, we, we cast out demons, we raised the dead, we healed the lepers. And they were ecstatic. And then fast forward to Mark chapter 9, uh, verse 28 and 29. Let me read those two verses to you. It says, when they entered the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Here's a story of the disciples coming off this high, this experience that 
they, they did all these great spiritual works. But they couldn't, they couldn't deliver one little boy from a demonic spirit. They try with all their spiritual muscle. No success. No success. And then Jesus comes along and he effortlessly you know, casts out the spirit and, and the boy's fine. Father's happy. So what, what do we learn from this? For one, don't give up if you're not successful the first time. Because failure, failure is a signal, a sign that you've got to go deeper. There's more to be obtained spiritually. Secondly, discipleship involves an erosion, a, a continual erosion of your pride. They were probably so deflated, <laughs> so deflated, not being able to, to do this. Ha- after having done so many great works with no training, right? But it takes an erosion of your pride. We've all been there, highs and lows, healed the sick, healed the car, whatever the situation is, and, and then brick wall. Why, Lord? I was doing so great. And then, well, nothing. Nada. Let's go deeper. Go back to the well. Let's not rush into every situation thinking that we know what the solution is. What worked yesterday may not work today. You got to get that 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 daily dose. And then consider what Jesus said, this kind. If he said this kind, that means there's more than one kind. There's many kinds, then there's many ways to solve, to resolve, to address. There's many kinds. Are you only training for this kind? One kind? I can do the flu, but I can't do cancer. Sorry. Maybe he can. No, go deeper. Go deeper. This is hard, I mean, for, for people like me. I, I really do just want to solve, solve things. But I can't solve the problems with what I know now. I got to go more. I got to get more. Take a step back. Fill up. You got to be filled up. They learned that there's a depth in spiritual life that they had not reached. And it's endless, folks. There is no bottom to how deep this goes. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry, folks. Um, As a church, we're going deeper. We are going deeper. Right? In prayer, in study of God's word, in community, in relationship, we're going deeper. Because it takes a going deeper to address the this kinds. This kinds. Um, 
So in closing, I want to say about revival, it's not just about salvation. It involves integration of you, your life, into a community. Others need to see that glory that God's given you. You were made for that glory. So your life should be integrated with the lives of others to demonstrate that glory. Revival calls you to be in the body and to be about the body. But likewise, it calls you to be in the world and about the world. Do you know why? Here, when you're in the body, you feel like this is where the presence is, right? It's good. It's, you're in the presence. But when you're out there, that's where the presence needs to be. That's why we have to get out there. That's where his presence is needed the most. And if you're telling me, like, oh, I'm not sure about this revival stuff, too radical, too crazy. Let's start by evaluating our hearts. And, and in closing, I want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, to speak to our hearts about what areas need to be addressed for us to grow spiritually, to go deeper. In this pursuit of revival, how do we go deeper? There's a quote by uh, by Lady Gaga. I don't I don't listen to her, but she said this once. <laughs> if you don't have a shadow, you're not standing in the light. I don't really know what she meant by that, but if you don't have flaws, if you don't have improvements, necessary improvements. Maybe you're not measuring yourself to the light of his glory. Borrowing that from Lady Gaga, but I think that's what it means. We got work to do in our personal faith, in our faith, and in our, our service as a community. If I, if I step in this light and I've got a shout out, it means I got work to do. Thank you, Father, that you love us first and foremost. You love us and you have a purpose and an identity for each, each one of us. We're appointed as sons with, and daughters. We've got a job to do. And my prayer, Lord, is that you bring and, and you just show each one of us our unique purpose in this world. Put us in that river, Lord, that river that comes from your, your throne. Put us in that river so we are saturated by your presence. And in that presence, we could be filled up. So filled up that we're overflowing in the world. Get us out of our homes, out of our, our jobs. Get us out there and and in touch with the world that's so hungry, so in need 
So like people just like me, just like all of us who were hungry, who were thirsty for truth, could receive it. I pray, Lord, that you bless each and every one here as they're, they're walking out their faith, as they're going deeper spiritually, that they would see they have a shadow, they have some things that need to be addressed so they could be the glory that you've called them to be, that their glory would reflect your glory and that they would increase in glory and glory Lord, we put our eyes on you and not on our deeds. We put our focus on you and not on the state of the world. Hmm. Holy Spirit, move in this house. Move in each one of us as we walk out our faith. Thank you, Lord. If anybody would like prayer for a release of that revival, that release of faith, I welcome you to come up here. The leaders would be happy to pray with you. Because um, we're hungry. We're all hungry, folks. If you've been full before, you can't ever be satisfied. Get some. Come and get some. Get some, folks. The Lord is here, and he wants to pour it out on us. Thank you, Jesus. We're desperate, God. We're desperate for you. We're desperate for more. And it only comes from you. Yes, Lord. Pour it out on all of us. Let our lives be transformed by your presence. Let our thoughts and our minds and, our, and, and the meditations of our heart just be focused on you. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. We're hungry, God. Yes, more Jesus. More. More. So hungry, Jesus.